0: At age 19, Anthony O'Neill was deep in debt and short on hope with no direction of where his life was headed. But after hitting rock bottom, he turned his life around and committed to helping people find and pursue their passions. Anthony has helped thousands make good decisions with their money, relationships, and education to live a well-balanced life. Most recently, Anthony has joined Dave Ramsey to spread this encouraging message nationwide. Please give a warm BlackRock welcome to Mr. Anthony O'Neill. Yes. Can we clap one more time for y'all's worship team? Man, they are amazing. Man, listen. (laughs) True sorry. I I was sitting down there. I was like, it's my first time here. I was about to take off my jacket and get it in. Let's go. But I said, they're going to be like, nah, he ain't here doing some weird stuff already, Lord. (laughs) No, no, no. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for our time together We've prayed a lot. We thank you for this opportunity, God, to talk about something that is not popular, uh, but we're going to be talking about money. So, God, I just send up a special request, God, that... Um, you just speak through me, your son, your servant, God, who loves his brothers and sisters who are in this room. Allow me to share something that will spark something in their life at whatever stages that they're on. I have a second prayer request, God, that is just a little bit of humor. Uh, please bless my new friend and my big brother, Jeremy, God, for the time I took away from him yesterday. Um, I was doing your work, God, and he was doing your work. So God, just give back tenfold and some more good days. And they dress me, pray amen and amen. <laughs> I love that guy. Um, y'all, so it was about like 16, 17 years ago. I had just graduated high school. Um, man, all y'all up top, man, y'all y'all look pretty cool. Um, just graduated high school and pause. Just so you know this, before I tell the story. So my biological parents did not they, they never got married. They had me out of wedlock. So my biological father and my beautiful stepmother lives in North Carolina. My beautiful uh, biological mother and pretty cool stepfather and my siblings live in San Diego, California. OK, so um, I was in North Carolina with my biological father and mother. You would never hear me say step again because I have four great parents and all of them are parents to me. Um, and so my parents in North Carolina Uh, were preachers. They were pastors. And every time I say that, I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. Because you see, when I was growing up in my dad's house, there was nothing outside of the kingdom. So there was no going to football games. There was no going out to the mall, chilling with your peers. There was no basketball games. There was no step shows. There was no prom. I could go to prom. Prom started at 7. I had to be home at 8.30. Okay? real talk. He said, we got to go to church the next morning and you're not missing God for the devil's work. I'm like, Lord Jesus. <laughs> graduation night, there was no going out with the friends, A graduation party. You know, I had great parents. They wanted to raise me and cover me correctly. So I'll never forget on a Thursday night at 7 o'clock when I graduated high school, Friday morning at 2 a.m., I'm in the car with my biological parents, my biological mom, going to California. I got accepted in the Lone Beach State there and I was like, cool, great, let's go. Remember, I've never been on a date. I've never hugged a girl, kissed a girl. I haven't even smelled a girl. (laughs) And so when I walk into the college campus, can y'all only imagine what's going through my head? As soon as I see, no lie, just being real, the very first female I noticed, she was mixed with Filipino, Caucasian, and African-American. I said, Lord have mercy. the whole world is in you. God made you! <laughs> Come here! And I'm like, yes! I remember she came up to me and we were talking for a little bit and she said, look at here, I don't, I don't date broke people. I said, you're right. I, need, I do need some Moolah because all I got is $5 in my pocket. <laughs> so I go around the corner. Y'all know the very first day, the very first day when you hit a college campus, what's there? Thanks. So I go, this line. People are jumping out, people jumping out, people jumping out, and this one guy jumps out in front of me and says, hey, how would you like to fill out this credit card application if you do? If you do, I'm going to give you two free large pizzas and one free t-shirt. You just told a young broke brother, free pizza? Bet, I'll sign ten of them if you bring them all to me. So I fill it out, and y'all, that was the most expensive pizza I've ever paid for in my life. I just went to the movies last night here, and I spent $9 for a large pizza at the movie theater. Side note, that's pretty cool that Pizza Hut is inside the movie theaters. Anyways, um, the most expensive pizza I've ever paid for. A month later, my mama calls me. She says, son, come on home. You have some mail at the house. I was like, "Bad, I'm going to come on home. So I get to the house, y'all. Get to the house. I walk in the door, okay? And uh, I have a real black mother. Because she hands me my mail, and guess what? So, wait, wait, wait. Where where, where, are my sisters and my brothers at? I hear y'all in here. (laughs) I hear y'all because y'all said it. It's open. (laughs) It was already open. And this is what gets me. This is where my culture comes out. She has the nerve to ask me, well, what is it? (laughs) already opened up my mail. Tell me. Boy, two things, two things, two things. Lower your voice in my house. <laughs> Number two, any mail that come up in this house, it can be your daddy's your president. it can be the president of the United States of America. I'm opening it up. <laughs> and I was like, mom, mom, you, mom. She was like, look yeah. You don't need that credit card, son. Put a hand all in my face. She's like, right here. But you don't need the credit card, son. <laughs> I backed up. I pulled out my wallet. Showed him my ID card. I said, hey, ma, I think you must have forgot something. She was like, what? I was like, uh, my name is Anthony Bernard O'Neill Jr. She was like, <laughs> I know I named you. And I was like, uh, yeah, you must have forgot something. She was like, what? I was like, I was born on July 1st, 1984. She was like, boy, trust me. I remember like it was yesterday. You had a big head. I was like, uh uh. And she's like, but what does that have to do with me? My stepfather's chilling in the back, right? And I says, Mother, um, I'm 18 years old. This means I'm a grown man. And she was like, uh? And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a grown man. So this means for you, you're a mother to a grown man. So mind your business. So again, I told you, well, I got a real black. <laughs> mother. Uh, so because I love this church and pastor's not here, and, and I want Germany to invite me back next year to come back and talk to y'all. And I do know this, we do not promote violence in the, in the house of God. So I'm going to skip over what happened next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when I got up off that floor, uh, <laughs> I gained my conscience. <laughs> y'all no lie, that car was maxed out within the next like 13 hours. I went and spent $150 at red lobsters, which is why I cannot even go drive by a red lobster today. I spent $150 on getting some roses and flowers and teddy bears, trying to impress this young lady. I spent $200 on going to dealers and getting her a purse, the most expensive purse I've ever paid for in my life. <laughs> Never would do that again. My wife would have to beg me, girl, we can go out on a Walmart, and get you a purse. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I spent $500 in a matter of 13 hours. My credit card limit, $500. So I do exactly what everyone else's does. I pay the the minimum payment of $35. Boom, we're good. A month later, the bank sends me back a letter. and says, hey, Mr. O'Neill, we see that you're in college, so we're going to give you more money. We're going to up your limit from $500 to $1,000. Enjoy. I said, ching, ching, bang, bang. I sure will. 45 minutes is gone. I wouldn't put a $500 sound system in the back of a black on black 1977 Nissan Maxima that could not even go into reverse. <laughs> the car's only worth $1,000 and got a $500 sound system in it. So when I seen it was this easy to get all this money, y'all, this is what I did. I went and applied for every single credit card. I went and financed everything that I can do. I went and financed uh, my house. I had leather. Y'all remember back in the days, I had that 65-inch floor panel TV? I'm 18. I got two of them, one in my bedroom, one in the living room. My place was the place to be. Six months later, I placed Kappa Alpha Psi in school participate in hazing, I get kicked out of school. When I get kicked out of school, I lose a job that was attached to my school. When I lose a job that's bringing in my income, I lose some income to pay for my apartment. When I lose my apartment, I thought I was going home. When I go home, my dad stepped in. He said, nah, no, sir. You just told your mother a few months ago, you you're a grown man. And a grown man doesn't come home. You're looking at a grown man. So I'm kicked out of my parents' house, I put all my clothes in the back of my car, and I go park myself in a Walmart parking lot and I'm homeless for six months of my life. $35,000 in debt. My peers are not picking up the phone calls. All the young ladies I tried to impress are not picking up the phone calls. All the Jones that I tried to impress and hang with, they're not picking up my phone call. It's just me. I feel abandoned by my father and my mother. My father and mother in North Carolina to say, "Hey man, I agree with them. You made that mistake, you live with it." It's me. But my stepfather is a man.com, y'all. My stepfather is one of the main reasons why I am the man I am today. You see, because when my father retired from the Marines, he joined the Los Angeles Police Department, and he put a tracker on my first car because he knew his son was a knucklehead and he knew that his son is going to have to be found one day. So what he would do is for those six months, every single day when he would get off of work, instead of going straight home to his wife, he would come straight to finding me. My dad would sleep in his unmarked car just to make sure that I was safe just to make sure that I was learning my lesson. Because if he he knew that if I allow my son to come home, he will not become the man that God has called him to be. But if I let him go out there thinking, uh uh-oh, that he's by himself, but I'm still watching him, uh uh-oh, sounds like God, he's going to be all right. He's going to learn a lesson the hard way, but he has to become the man then. I'll never forget the last night. Young lady had called me and said, hey, we're having some friends over to the house. we rent a blockbuster movie, get some popcorn. And you just come over and just chill out. I said, cool. Well, for the last six months, I've been taking a shower in a YMCA or the Boys and Girls Club. So they were closed on a Sunday evening at 10 o'clock at night. So what I do is I go and grab the Dawn dish Detergent and my bucket out of the back of my car. Not Dove. Dawn. <laughs> that old Miss Dawn. I don't like washing with Dawn right now when I wash my dishes. Um... And I go, well, my father's sitting there watching me. If my father was here with you right now, this is what he'll do. <clears throat> yeah, so it was approximately about 10, uh, probably like 10, 30, 10, 30, about 22 seconds. And uh, I see my son get out of the car, and uh, he goes to the back of the, 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 the car, and uh, he grabs the non detergent and bucket. I mean, this is what my son normally uses to wash his car, y'all. So I'm thinking, my son is bored, he can't go to sleep, so he's going to wash his car in a Walmart parking lot. Weird. But he starts walking. He gets water. And I never forget that boy was walking, carrying that bucket. And I just seen a bunch of soap suds is following him. And then all of a sudden I see this weird thing. He opens up the back seat of his car and he gets inside the back seat of the car. So I'm thinking that he spilled something and he's going to wash it and clean it up. about a minute and a half past and I see this small skinny black behind up in the air and he's washing himself and I just go into a panic because if my wife his mother find out that I was watching her son our son wash himself in the back of that car it's gonna be two black skinny people in the back of that car so I flip on my sirens and I go towards the car Y'all, know, lie, this is the true story. This, I don't mean nothing by this when I say this, but I'm young, I'm black, and I'm naked in the back of my car with police sirens coming. I'm tripping. I'm thinking I'm going to jail and I just want to take a bath. <laughs> so I'm like, do I run? No, you're naked. <laughs> do I say? No. What do I do? I don't know. All of a sudden I hear this knock and I'm like, oh Lord, I'm going to jail. This da Son, I'm like, Dead? He was like, son, get out the car. I'm like, no! I'm naked. He was like, son. Why this is funny. The second time he said son, I accidentally see myself in the rearview mirror, but soap says at the top of my neck. I start crying. Because I'm like, why in the heck am I here? Why is my dad knocking on this window and I'm naked, washing myself? Why am I here? What the heck is going on? And it hit me. I'm here because I did not take every one decision when it came to my finances, when it came to my life and being comfortable who God made me to be. I wasn't comfortable with that. So I tried to follow and impress the Joneses and the Joneses, they cool, but I'm homeless. I say, God, if you just switch things around, if you get me out of here, I promise you, I will not make this mistake again. I'm not. I'm not coming back here. I know I'm not going to be perfect, but one thing for sure is I'm not coming back here, and I'm going to make sure that I travel the world and I teach especially young people, millennials and young couples, and everyone who wants to hear this message about how to be a good steward of the finances and the resources you've given them, but God me up out of here. Next thing I know, my dad unlocks the car. He gets to the back of the seat, and he puts his head around me. Son, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, I know pops give me some space, though, bro. Y'all, 34. Few years later, I stand before you all 100% debt-free. I owe nobody nothing but my mortgage that I just built the last couple of months. I've been blessed and privileged to team with Dave Ramsey, who is one of my biggest mentors in life, who is America's guru when it comes to being good steward, when it comes to getting out of debt and building wealth and changing your family tree. Being connected with him, I've been able to be on places like Oprah and Rachel Ray's show and Fox and Friends and CNN and being acknowledged as one of the top 40, under 40 influential African-Americans in the world. But you know why? It's because I'm standing true on God's word. And So today I've been tasked to really just just encourage us to think about finances differently. And so what I'm going to talk about today is not going to really be the practical steps on how you can win with your money, because we have the best class here that Jeremy and his team is leading that he'll give some information when I get off. But I want to talk about the mind. I want to talk about some things that starts inside the mind. So let's go to the scriptures here real quick. Let's go over here to Matthew, Matthew chapter 14. And uh, the first service, they had it up on the screen, and I like that. So dope. So I'm going to read from the screen with everyone. But we're going to go to Matthew chapter 14, verse is 23, and I'm going to read the message version. And it says, as soon as the meal was finished, he insisted that the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the people. With the crowd dispersed, he climbed the mountain so he could be by himself and pray. He stayed there alone late into the night. Meanwhile, the boat was far out to sea when the wind came up against them and they were battered by the waves. At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on water. And I'm, I'm with them right here. They were scared out their wits. Is that a ghost? I would have thought it's a ghost too. They said, crying out in terror, but Jesus was quick to comfort them. Bro, bro, calm down. It's your boy Jesus. <laughs> Peter suddenly bold, said, Master, if that's really you, cut on the light and call me come out to the water. <laughs> nah, he said, call me out to the water. Jesus said, come on, it's really me. Jumping out of the boat. Now, Peter, I, gotta, I, gotta, I wish, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna talk to Peter. Why did you jump out of the boat? How come you ain't step out, make sure you can really do this thing? But anyways, uh, Peter walked out on water to Jesus. But when he looked down at the waves churning beneath his feet, he lost his nerve and started to sink. He cried, Master, save me. Jesus didn't hesitate at all. He reached down and grabbed his hand. Then he said, faint heart, man, you weak. What got you into it? (laughs) The two of them climbed into the boat and the wind died down. The disciples, this is my favorite thing out of everything. The disciples, the people who were spectators, having watched the whole thing, worshiped Jesus, not Peter, worshiped Jesus saying, this is it. You are the real deal. You are truly the son of God. For the next 16 minutes, I just want to talk to you about stop looking, but go get it. Stop looking, just go get it. There's three things here that I learned in this text when it comes to the mindset of Peter. I was like, wow, this is interesting that I really want to go through here in the next 16 minutes. And then we get out of your way because it's another beautiful day and I don't want Jeremy complaining again. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> you know, three things. It was the very first thing I want you to write down. And I'm going to switch this up, you guys, in the back. Uh, I want you to be willing to be uncomfortable. Can you all put that one up? Yes, you can. Be willing to be uncomfortable. You see, Peter, text shows us that Peter said, Hey, God, if it's you, call me out to water. Peter, God, is that you? Call me out to water. Peter was willing to be uncomfortable if that truly was God. He was willing. You see, if Peter would not have been willing to step out into his uncomfort zone, what would have happened to the people inside the boat? No one else was willing to step out. Everyone was tripping. That ain't God. That's a ghost. Peter was like, wait, it may be a ghost, but I'm willing to test God and ask God, if that's you, call me. God said, come on. You see, if we're really going to change our family traditions, our family future, we have to be willing to step outside of our comfort zone. Because watch this. When Peter stepped outside of his comfort zone, he stepped into his miracle zone. And it wasn't just for him. It was for everyone on that boat as well. You see, the world is watching us Christians. Okay, are they really that Christian? Are they really about that Jesus life walk? Are they really about God? And what makes them say no is because we're willing to follow them, not them follow us. When I study the church, if the church was willing to step outside of their comfort zone, and step into an uncomfortable position and leave the world when it comes to our finances. just give out ten percent, be debt free, and be a general a generosity spirit. Have a generosity spirit. Do you know how much more money the church will have to impact the world? Billions, not millions, not hundreds of thousands of dollars, but billions. But the church can't do it because, We're fearful. We want to keep up with the Joneses. We want to be a soccer mom. We want to be a baseball mom. We want to have this. We want to have the half a million to $700,000 home. We want to have this nice car. We we want to have this. We're not willing to be uncomfortable. It was my junior year, and I was um, in my science class, and it was our day to boil a frog. Now, back then, I thought this was the best thing in the world. I'm about to kill a frog. Now it's not even legal. And I'm like, what the heck was that? <laughs> Teacher brings us a frog. She brings us a pot, puts some water inside the pot, y'all. And she says, no matter what you do, we're not going to boil this frog quickly. We're going to boil this frog very slowly. So we go from zero to two, the frog is jumping around. We go from two to four, the frog is jumping around. We go from four to six, the frog is still jumping around. She says, hey, pause, I want you to come up to the front of the class, and we're going to talk about just Mother Nature and what's going on in in around this area and stuff like that. I say, cool, great. We go up there, we come back. What do you see? The frog stopped jumping. The frog is chilling. Then we move forward to eight, we let it sit there, we go back up to the class, and we're just now talking about animals and how they adapt to nature. We go back, and what do we see? My frog went to sleep. She says, all right, y'all, go ahead and boil the frog. We go to 10, and I watch my frog die in its sleep. My class around me is just going crazy. They're laughing, they're like, oh, this is cool. I'm sitting there getting emotional, like, bro, you just died in your sleep?
1: You ain't even fight, bro.
0: I asked one question. I said, teach, what just happened? She says, Anthony, that's a good question. Probably the best question your knucklehead has asked all year long. <laughs> she says, Mr. O'Neill, if you know anything about frogs, know this. Frogs get comfortable, uh-oh, in the heat. You see, the frog didn't die in his sleep. The frog died in its comfort zone. Don't allow your comfort zone to become your kill zone, you guys. What dreams are dying because we're comfortable keeping up with the Joneses? What legacy is dying because we're comfortable keeping up with the the Joneses? Who can die? What people around us, futures, are dying because they're watching us and we're not comfortable, we're not willing to step outside of our comfort zone? I refuse. I refuse to be on my deathbed and I have to pass down debt to my kids because I want to keep up with Billy Joe Bob and his wife. I refuse it. I don't care how I look right now. I'm going to step out and trust God, because there's nothing in the Bible where God talks about having debt as a positive thing. Every scripture when it talks about debt and borrowing money, He says it. You're a slave. He doesn't say you're the man. He says no. You're you're locked up. I don't want to pass down chains to my kids. I don't want to get married and give her, and she gets come into chains. No, you're coming into freedom. You're coming into a future. You're coming into this is your house. What you want to do with it? It was mine, but now I got married. I know it's yours. What you want to do? We can change all this. I like this. You don't like it? I knew you wasn't going to like it. That's why I'm trying to buy my dream car before I get married, because if I don't, I ain't never going to buy mine. I'm going to buy hers. She going to have bands, this, that. I'm going to be like, oh, what am I going to get? Nothing. But that's fine, though, for me, because that's what a man is about. He's about setting up a solid future for his family. But I can't do it if I refuse to step outside of my comfort zone. You see, when you step outside of your comfort zone, you're going to have to operate and be faithful, not fearful. You see, when Peter stepped out on water, Peter stepped out because he was faithful when God said, come. So when he stepped out, can we put that picture up? This is so funny. Look at it. Uh, you see Peter right there. He's just like me. I would have been tripping too, like riding away. Bro, you show God? Bro, hey, hold, hold my hand. God sent it up, chill it. Come. The spectators are like, you good, bro? <laughs> bro, you all right? Peter, don't drown. Peter, I'll be like this. If you're not helping me, be quiet. (laughs) If you're not with me, be quiet. God, you better be the real deal. Get me up. But the scripture says Peter was walking on water. And and if I ever come back, I don't believe Peter was walking on water. You see why? Because Peter asked God, God said, come. Peter stepped out, uh uh-oh, on God's word, which caused him to walk on water. So it was God's word that he was technically standing on. And it was God's word that was walking him on water. You see, what happens with this church, with, not this church, but with the body of Christ is sometimes what happened to Peter. People say, well, Peter took his eyes off of Jesus Christ. No, Peter didn't. Peter started seeing and hearing distractions, waves coming, and he started doubting God's word. And so when we're out here living this life, you know, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be a cheerful giver. I'm going to give 10%. I'm going to save. Now we're seeing, Jones, we're hearing this. Well, you should do this. You should do that. You should do this. You should do that. And we start drowning because we start doubting what God has told us. When you step out on faith, don't be fearful. Stand on God's word. Trust that if you're doing and you're being a good steward, God is going to carry you and you're going to walk where places where people tell you you cannot walk. Everyone in my family has debt. Everyone told me you're not going to be dead. You're always going to be in debt. I was so good when I went home. I said, I'm not in debt. <laughs> my dad was like, what? I was like, no. I'm debt free. When I got my mortgage, I like, see, you're back in debt. I said, I am. But well, watch this. I'm going to beat you out of your mortgage and you was in it 15 years ago. I am not going to be 60 years old because the Bible says all things are possible through Jesus Christ. So if if, if this person can build wealth, if this person can be a millionaire, if this person can be debt free, I'm the same God that made you, the same God that made me. So it's never about the lack of our ability. It's always about the lack of our determination. Which leads me to my third and final point. You have to be determined and not distracted. If you're going to be willing to step outside your comfort zone and change your family's future, you're going to have to step out in faith and trust the path that God has you on. And when you get on that path, be determined to make sure that you accomplish and you stay on that path. Now, let me say this. We're all going to get off the path some kind of way. It's nature. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. But here's the thing, like Peter, when you get off that path, Jesus, will you help me? Jesus, help. And if you have a genuine heart, a repentance of heart, God's going to come down and help you. My path. And then I'm closing. I like this table. Thank you, Jeremy. (laughs) This is night and day from the traditional service. I couldn't do that with the big wood podium. (laughs) Hold on, I'm black, let me get in the light. Um, (laughs) I like this shirt, it's gonna come back. Um, My path. Just so you know this. I am the last living O'Neill in my family. My biological mother's last name is Gibbons. My biological father's last name is Ross. The last living O'Neill before me was my grandfather and he passed. My brother's last name, stepbrother, or he's my brother. I love him as my brother. He, he will be. Um, his last name is Givens. So I am the last O'Neill male in my family living. If I die without having kids, the O'Neill family in my bloodline dies. So that's not going to happen. I'm going to find me a good wife, and we're going to have a lot of brothers because I want the O'Neill to pass through me. But the new O'Neill family tradition starts with Anthony O'Neill. The new tradition of building wealth and avoiding debt starts with Anthony O'Neill. I will die. It's happening. As much as I hate to say it, it's happening. Death is over there. The Bible says a good man, doesn't say a man. It says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. The only scripture I tell God, you left some things out in. And he, I I remember when I first said this, like me and God have a real talk. He was like, excuse me? I was like, yeah, man. What about my children's children, 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 children? He was like, do it. I was like, My goal, to when this day comes, to when I am on my deathbed, and I'm looking up at my beautiful wife, she's 100 years old, still like she's 20. Girl, you and right, girl. Ugh. I'm looking at my children, looking at my children's children, children. I'm skinny, I'm in bones, I can barely smell, all you see is bones. <laughs> I came into this world crying. I'm not leaving this world crying. I'm leaving this world with a smile because I know that I am a good man. I know that first, I was a kingdom man. I know that second, I was the best husband that I possibly could be. I know that third, I was the best father that I possibly could be. I know that fourth, I'm leaving an inheritance an inheritance not just of money, but an inheritance of a new way of thinking, a new way of processing things. I'm leaving them money. I'm leaving them a new tradition. I'm leaving them a new way of thinking. We're creating the new norm. We're creating what God wants us to have. This is this, that day. I'm here today. I'm going to step outside of my comfort zone, and I'm going to move slow. I may not be able to buy my dream car today because I'm not going to finance it. I'm going to pay cash for it. My dream car is a Maserati. If I don't get married in the next two years, I'm going to go buy me a wife called Maserati. Um, (laughs) When I step outside of comfort zone, this is where I'm at now. I am operating in faith, and I'm staying determined to make sure that I stay on this path. Because whenever I do get married, I'm going to go to her father and say, hey, she's been a great daughter, but if you covering, let her go. She's coming to her own home. She's coming to where I am financially stable. She's coming to a God that serves and loves, to a God that serves and loves God. When we have kids, baby, what you want to do? Do you want to stay at home? Do you want to start your own business? What do you want to do? It's never, what do we have to do? Because the man, the good man, is laying down a solid foundation. When we have kids, no man is going to give my daughter roses before me. No man, her husband is not going to take her out of the country on their honeymoon for the first time. Her father is. Because I'm making sure that I have such a solid foundation to where my family, we can do what we want to do because the man did what he needed to do before they even came. So when I get there, I'm smiling. You guys have an amazing church that is teaching Financial Peace University. And I highly suggest that in the fall, when Jeremy and his team brings this up, take it. Husband, grab your wife by the hand, and you lead her to that class. If you're not tithing, I'm going to tell you this much, you need to be tithing. God will bless you tremendously when you are obedient. You guys, thank you so much. I love this church, and I hope to see y'all next year. God bless.
2: we step out, we step into the miracle zone. Church, we need to be miracle people. Having God work through us, work through our finances in a way that we transform our world, where our world does not transform us. I know for so many of us, I know for the 130 people yesterday and for us, there are more steps for us to get to the place where God wants to use us to transform our world through our finances, through the way we live our life, through the way that we bring love in the gospel and we speak truth. Church today, leave here going, how do I start making a difference? I encourage you, if you want to sign up for the Financial Peace University in the fall, it starts on uh, September 30th, that Sunday, at 1130 You can sign up right for it at the Next Steps Kiosk or on brc.church. Make that step today. But this week, look through your finances. Say, God, how can I grow in this? How can I take another step closer to where you want me to be when I face and see you? We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also know that you can give to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have these videos online and for us to impact our community.